Hey, yo, welcome back to the High Kicks Podcast, second episode of the week. We got Kyle from 90 Brand here. Been a while since Kyle's been on the show. We're just going to do a little bit of a VAR conversation, a little State of the Union on what's going on, because it's an absolute shit show. Kyle, you got anything you want to say before we get started? Uh, No, because we're about to cover a lot. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a hell of a conversation. So which VAR issue do you want to actually start with? Uh, let's see. Da, da, da. I say in order by game. So the first game I want to get into when we're talking about VAR, early on in the season, first major mistake that we saw, Wolves and Manchester United, the no PK call on that Onana tackle. I, I don't understand how... As a former goalkeeper, coming out of the net like that, laying into a player like that with a challenge like that, not getting the ball, how that's not called a penalty? It's like, it's and the worst part about it is it's baffling. And the worst part about it is that the Wolves manager got a yellow card for arguing the missed call. And this whole episode is just going to be about VAR and VAR should have intervened. VAR should have called this a penalty. And this was one of 13 apologies that PGMOL has made in four and a half years. And it's not going to be the last, especially on this list for what we're talking about. But I just, it's just, I don't get it. Like you implement this VAR system, get shit right. Yeah, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so lost on this. And uh, I didn't watch this game, but I definitely followed a lot of the highlights. And I'm looking at the the video uh, right now, and I just Onana just comes out like, you know, like Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, cue the music, and, <laughs> or whatever, and. And he just comes out there. I don't. I don't understand what the argument is against Onana, because I, I'm trying to understand it from a attacker's point of view. And Onana even takes out his own player, so I, it's just it's it's so confusing. And even as a goalkeeper, I, I'm not a goalkeeper, but it's just any. I'll tell you, as a goalkeeper, you don't fucking do that. Well, obviously, right? And he goes for. He, I mean, if if it was me, just going off of that and worked with goalkeeper coaches, you know, you obviously go for the punch out or whatever like that. But he doesn't even do yep. that. He goes full splay, like he's trying to make himself big, like he should. But he goes after the player, not the ball. So it's like, what exactly are you calling ref or PGML? Like, what's the apology? He looked like he almost saw a bear in the woods and tried to make himself bigger to scare the bear off. <laughs> like, really. And at, like I already said it once, as a goalkeeper, that ball comes in, get a fist on it. Like if you, even if you hit the player in the act of playing the ball, yeah. that's fine. That's not yeah. going to get called. Well, odds are. I mean, I was telling. Yeah. Odds are. The I was telling Kyle gonna, before. Or go ahead. Yeah. The, the odds are the referee typically referees typically side on the, on the side of the goalkeeper because he's, he's a defenseless player. Uh, t you know, generally yep. speaking, um, but yeah, 
I was telling Kyle before the show, like, in my days as a keeper, I knocked somebody unconscious in a game. And now you're going to get to hear this story firsthand. A cross came whipping in, and the ball was in the six. And I took two steps, bent down, and lifted my right fist as hard as I can to punch the ball. And the forward jumped up to try and head the ball, and he got his head in between my fist and the ball. He was offsides. I got the offsides free kick. The other coaches were screaming for me to get red carded. The kid was unconscious on the ground. Mr. Sandman, bring me a drink. (laughs) (laughs) The ref was like, I'm sorry, but it was in the six-yard box. The goalie has the right to play the ball. It's not like I, like aimed at this kid's head, but you're not going to get called for something if you go for the ball. And Onana did not go for the fucking ball, and it should have been a penalty. Do you remember, there's a lot of goalkeepers that were notorious for really bad decisions. Onana, I'm not a Man United fan, and I wasn't a fan, I was a fan of Onana before he went to United, Uh, but was was he the one that got banned like a season ago or something like that? Do yep. you remember Jens Lehmann for Arsenal a couple of years back? He was notorious for doing stuff like this too. I believe it was Jens Lehmann. And just stuff like he was like one of those one of those guys where like he's about to punt the ball and he'd throw it at the the, uh, the opposing team striker like as he's walking back and then look at him like what? You know, like <laughs> he, he was that kind of guy. And it just it just seems like if you're the goalkeeping coach, you know, Onana came off his line like he was running the forty yard dash for the you know the NFL combine. You know he was under under a 4-0, You know, but like, what what are you if you're the goalkeeping coach for Man United? Like, how do you review this tape? You know, like, what do you say to your player? Like, 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 hey mate, what are you doing? You know, like that's my terrible English accent, but like you. What, and I haven't seen this footage in a while, but if I can remember it off the top of my head, what you tell him is stay patient, stay back a little bit, wait for the ball, and don't just go after the player. You also talk to him about nerves and how it's one of his first games in the Premier League for Manchester United because over time, Onana has started to improve his play and his form is getting better. But as the goalkeeper coach there, you really don't get on the player. You more try and pick into his brain and see what he was thinking and then work with him to tell him what to do better. Right. Because you can tell in the beginning of the season, the dude was nervous and you don't want to do anything to make that even worse. So I'm a big tactical guy, right? I I love the tactical analysis and breakdown stuff. Oh, I'm aware. I've known you since like February and I know how fucking tactical (laughs) you are. Yeah, And I I love to watch this stuff and just watching the replay over and over again. That's what I have it on up here. uh, As Craig Burley gives his hot take. Um, this ball is going to the back end of the six, right? And whoever two Wolves players that are there, I can't tell who they are, but neither of them can actually make a decent play on the ball. And there's a United defender there. So technically, Onana doesn't really have to come out because the ball is going out and away, technically, right? Um, but yep. It is it is it is whipped in, but it's far post, and it's and it's on the backside of the six, like on the backside of the of the ninety degrees on the six. So, from a tactical standpoint, I'm, I'm I would tell him like, why would you, why why do you what did you come out for? Um, that, that's just me. I, 
I, it'd be interesting. I would just I would go about it. I would ask him why he came out. I wouldn't say what did you come out for. Right. I just I always want to see if when I'm coaching because I do have experience as a goalkeeper coach. I always ask the kids that I was coaching why they did what they did and then what they think they could have done different. Because if you just tell them, I mean, professional goalkeeper is a little different. But either way, I just always find that coaching, no matter the age, no matter the level, if you tell them what they did wrong, they're less likely or they're more likely to repeat it than if you tell them, let them tell you what they did wrong. So just for the sake of argument, what's the argument against this? In what do you mean? Like why wasn't it a penalty? Because they're fucking idiots. <laughs> like, are they? I'm not. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. Like it. It, it was such an egregious and terrible call. When PGMOL has to come out and make an apology on the call. The only reason and defense as to why it wasn't a penalty is because they fucked up. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just uh, like yeah. truly. I, I'm just completely baffled. I don't and, understand. Yeah, speaking of baffled, I mean, I want to move on to what I personally think is the most egregious VAR call decision mistake I've ever seen in my life. Um, I was at my 25th birthday party during this, watching this game, watching this happen. Um, it kind of ruined my day and Kyle just listened to the audio of this. So he, he knows exactly where I'm going, but the Luis Diaz goal, no goal on September 30th in the Liverpool Spurs match. Luis Diaz was called offside. He was very clearly onside. The, there was a miscommunication between the VAR official and the on-field official. The VAR official thought that the play was called onside. The on-field official called it offside. The VAR review quickly confirmed the call that was on the field, even though it was the wrong call. And then all of the people who were talking and communicating said, good process, boys, good job. Play restarted, and then they realized they fucked up. Yeah, Um so I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it looks like it. He's on sides, on sides. And to be fair, it was a fantastic finish by Luis Diaz. Uh, all, oh, it was all, gorgeous. All considered. Um, it was a gorgeous I mean, ball from Mo Salah, too. I may be an Arsenal fan, but I'm a fan of the game overall. It was a fantastic finish. Um, beautiful. Well, well done. And great, great um, through ball from Mo. <laughs> but yeah, I. To be honest, man, like I couldn't tell you how many different people are on there on the comms because it sounds like there's six different people. And if I'm a, if I'm the on field referee, I'm telling all these people to shut up and just tell me what to do. Like, do I go to the board or not? What do you see? All right, everyone else, shut the hell up. You know, because you get all these different people. It's talking. not even, but it's not even the ref. It's not even telling the ref to go to the board because the, they don't tell the ref to go to the board unless it's a close enough right, call that right. the ref has to go to the board. Right and. This wasn't a close call. The issue was that the VAR official thought it was a goal. Hmm. So he confirmed it. And it was called no goal. And I, I've had extensive conversations with my roommate about this. Um, he's a Spurs fan, so like he didn't fully agree with what I'm saying here and what I'm about to say. But I truly think if VAR catches a mistake like uh, as egregious as this, Within a probably 30-second period after the restart, 
they should be able to blow the damn whistle and get the call right. Mm. Like, after the offsides kick happened and play resumed and they realized the mistake they made, the VAR official should have whistled down to the on-field official and been like, we made a mistake, you need to stop playing reverse that call and give the goal. I can't. I think if it's within 30 seconds, do it. There was there was some game that that actually happened. Maybe it was last year, uh, but it was well after the ball was played. It wasn't as bad as this, but uh, it was a check or whatever. And then the team lost possession of the ball. They scored or something like that. But it turns out they went back to review it. It was like a minute something later. It turns out they had scored. I don't remember which game it was, um, but it was it was similar to that. So I understand what you're saying. I guess what your to your point is at what point do you say because you have to watch the video with the audio at what point do you say no that's too far or we're already continuing into the next set of play yeah i my my whole point about what's too far is in the audio you can hear them say oh no right and, and they've they realized and they've realized the oh no immediately yeah and if you realize you made a mistake immediately just fix it on the fly yeah there would have been much less controversy if they had stopped the game and like there was an issue with the var official this goal was a goal it's going to be one nil and we're going to move on because spurs fans would have been pissed and then it would have come out that luis diaz was on side and they would have been like look it sucks but they made the right call right so to that point right at that point, right? Now, I gotta be careful how I say this, you know, because you, I don't know if you ever listened to like the referee audio between, you know, the ref and uh, like the VAR or whatever, the camera guy or whoever it is, the, the angle dude, whoever controls the, the replay. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he'll say, they'll say something like, I've, I've listened to the, I think it was in like Australia and some other ones were like, you know, they'll say, hey, recommend you go to the board to pretty much sell it. You know, like, hey, we know, and it's pretty much confirmed. However, you need to go to the board to sell it. And so at that point, would you – I don't know who the re- – who the on and this, and this isn't on the on-field referee at all, I don't think, because he has no idea. Um, so, no, this is, this is completely on the VAR correct. official. And said VAR official was suspended. Yeah. By the way, yeah, and barely missed a game. He missed one week of play. Yeah, then there was an international break, and then he was back. So at that okay, so at that point, what do you what do you tell the on field referee? Do you tell him, "Hey, man, stop the play"? You know, we need to go to the board just to review this offsides. All right, cool. He's onsides. Whistle, goal, Liverpool. Is that what you do? Yeah. That's what you do. If if you catch the mistake, it's not like I don't need them going back and parsing over every single VAR thing sure. for five plus minutes sure. after. Sure. But I more mean for these egregious mistakes that are so few and far between mm-hmm. that it wouldn't be a common issue. So it wouldn't really affect the game. But in the event that VAR makes a mistake and it, an egregious mistake, like one of these where there's a miscommunication between the officials. I'm not talking where they make the wrong call, but in an event where there is a miscommunication and they make the wrong call because they thought the call on the field was 
opposite of what it was, mm-hmm. it needs to be fixed. It yeah. needs to be rectified immediately because it it kind of ruins the integrity of the game to a degree. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm I'm telling you right now that if Liverpool miss out on a Champions League spot or the title by a point, <laughs> I'm gonna have a I'm gonna throw a fucking hissy fit at right. the end of the season. And r- by the way, rightfully so. Yeah. So, you know what would make this worse, though, is if, and this is what Liverpool Spurs, right? What would make this worse, though, mm-hmm. is if Spurs ran it back. That would make this 100%. What do you mean? Like, if Spurs, uh, say, say it was, say, say they disallowed the goal, like, like they did, right? And then Spurs yeah. went back and scored. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, I would have, I would have. The city would be on fire, I, man. It, it's been a month and a half ish, like a month and a week since this event. And I would still be bitching about it and making TikToks. And anybody who's on my TikTok would be like, cry more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I made a video about the officiating in the Chelsea Spurs game, which we're going to get to in a little bit. And some dude literally said, dry your eyes. And I'm like, I'm not crying. I'm just trying to say that VAR's mm. ruining the flow of the fucking game. Yeah. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I don't understand it. <laughs> I think that's enough for me ranting about my side. Kyle had a uh, had a pretty shitty weekend in his own right when it comes to VAR, and I'm just gonna let him go, and I'll talk when it's my time to talk. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I'm an Arsenal fan. Um, one, I'm a fan of the game, obviously, um, especially the EPL. But I'm an Arsenal fan. Have have been ever since I was a young lad. And um, so I'm not going to get uh, – and a lot of the guys know, especially in the chat and everything, that I'm a big tactical guy. I like the tactical breakdowns. I love the tactical analysis, all that kind of stuff. And why, you know, Ode- or not Odegaard, he didn't even play, uh, but why Arteta went for a double pivot in the DM role versus uh, the inverted wingback is a whole nother conversation because he decided to go with a regular – back four versus an inverted back four was Zinchenko coming into the inside. Uh, so we're not going to even talk about that, even though I kind of prefaced it a little bit. But what I, what I, what I did... The amount of people that just heard you speaking a completely different language. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so what, what I don't understand is uh, there's a lot of things that a lot of people are talking about. And one of the biggest things is why is, why is Bruno Grimoresh still on the field? Uh, after a absolutely flying elbow into the back of Jorginho. Uh, I said it yesterday, and I'm saying it again. It was a WWE elbow. It wasn't it, even a UFC elbow because that shit looked planned. It, 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 dude, cue the music. Uh, someone's got to do it. Like if you get the, if you had the, if you get, da 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 da. <laughs> yeah, and da 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 da. Ooh, fucking even, John Cena intro. That's not even like the. Uh, no, you got to do the watch out, watch out, watch out. Like in, yeah, because I mean, yeah. to be honest, he, he he gets a good piece of Jorginho, and he blindsides him too. Um, did you watch? Uh, did you watch the uh, Nganu, um Fury fight? No. So Tyson Fury, everyone thought it was going to be Ngannou who would do this, but Tyson Fury laid an elbow into Ngannou in the middle of the boxing match, yeah. and it was the same exact thing. Yeah. 
I, like Bruno, it was Bruno's elbow. By the way, technically, in terms of throwing an elbow, it was a pretty well thrown elbow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, that wasn't even his first thing. He's like, you know, there was the push from behind on Jorginho, which was later in the game. And then they had the uh, the throat chop to uh, uh, to Vieira, which uh, wasn't as bad as it looked, but he definitely put his hand out there. Vieira definitely sold it. Yep. Um, there's no doubt about that. Um, but Bruno should have never been on the field within – I don't even know what the timestamp was on that, but he shouldn't have been on the field. I believe it was on the first half. 36. Yeah. So he shouldn't have been on the field in the first place. 37. Um, and uh, so, well, and then did you see he got yellow carded later in the match and argued it? We actually touched the referee too. I don't. A lot of people, a lot of people yeah. brushed over that. He actually pushed the referee, or I don't know if he pushed, but he went like this to the referee. Um, and uh, Chad made a point yesterday where he was like, "Look, I don't want to be the one to say it, but I'll put my tinfoil hat on." He's like, "The Saudis are paying the refs." I mean, I don't agree with that. I don't. I don't, I don't think that's it, true. I mean, that's a that's an argument that I'm willing to listen to. Um, but then, so, and so that that's one problem. And the second problem, is, and and that the biggest argument with this is that, and I don't see a lot of people talking about it. And this is another reason why the PGML, MOL, and some of these other ones, and there's some pundits that talk about it, um, is that how come that's not reviewable? Like and, and it was and it was during the run of play. Georgino had the just elbow? passed. Yeah, the elbow. Georgino just passed the ball, so it's still in the same flow of play. How come that's not reviewable? And I think it is reviewable, which makes it even crazier that they didn't review it. And not only that, it was it was near the roughly the midfield line. So can the fourth and I try to follow the rules so much, but I mean to be honest, the 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 rules are kind of fluid at this moment. So. Can the fourth can the fourth judge fourth referee be like, hey dude, you gotta you gotta you gotta walk this one back or like I don't I don't understand how they miss that or it's it's not a reviewable call because it's not a goal or it's not offside so far can't get involved it's an egregious act on another but, player so how is it not reviewable but can't VAR but VAR should be able to get involved because VAR is allowed to review potential red card offenses so for me my, my biggest issue is that why didn't the VAR official get into the head official's ear and be like, hey, you need to go take a look at this. And I'm not saying like he shouldn't be able to stop in the middle of play because that's not how VAR works. But the second the ball went out of play, the VAR official should have been like, you need to go review this. This is a potential red card offense. I agree. And and, and it's not like, and there's times when like players, players clash and they bump into each other all the time. And, you know, you in your your arm, you know, kind of grades grades against someone's back, and it's stuff like that happens. But watch the replay. Like Bruno loses the ball, and he's like chasing it for like a couple seconds, and then and he's actually behind Jorginho, and Jorginho stops, and he comes in with the elbow. Like it's just it's wild. And then the second part of this argument is, uh, is the actual goal itself. Um, so. I was waiting for you to get into this. Yeah, so three VAR checks yeah, on one on, goddamn on one play, and I think the play lasted, I don't know, probably twenty so seconds. Um, so the first thing was is the ball the ball gets shoot gets shot across goal goes towards the corner line, and the ball doesn't go out, per se, right? And then the ball comes back across, 
there's a collision in front of the goal line, and then uh, uh, who was it the, with the goal? Um, finishes it. Anthony Gordon. Yeah, finishes it. Right. So the first call was was the ball out. Second call was or sec- first VAR was was the ball out. Second VAR was the ball out. Yeah. Was the second VAR was uh, the push on the foul, foul. on Gabrielle. The third VAR was um, offside. Right. So one by one, and technically there's a. I want to know. Technically there's a fourth one. I want to know the handball too. I want to know your thoughts on each one of those calls. Okay. Number one, we'll, we'll go down the line, right? You tell mm-hmm. as a coach, right? I coached for six years. I played soccer all my life, right? As a player and a coach, you're always told if the ball is on the line, it is in, right? That, that's, what you're, mm-hmm. that's what you're always told. That's the ball, right? However, comma, the rule is, and they, they do this whole, if Dude, any part of the ball is over the over line. the line, not touching the line, but over the line, over it, the is, line. it is in. You have to. I've explained it to people. You have to imagine the ball is flat. Right. Think of the ball as flat, and if any part of that ball is touching the line, it's in. Which is baffling because if you look and people make the argument, well, you can see green in between the line and the ball, which isn't the correct argument. It's understandable. Because that's what they would say, but the problem is, I think is, that ball was in. By the way, I mean, you, yeah, I mean, it looks like it's in. So, but the argument is, is what I see it as. If and, and this happened in the World Cup, I don't know if anyone remembers this. This was a big feudal thing in the World Cup. But if the if you can see green in between the ball and the line, to me, that's out, right? Based upon how you know I I've practiced and how I coached, and ever since that we were kids, that's what we were told, right? And mm-hmm. I think it was to Gary Neville's point. I saw Gary Neville's interview, which didn't really agree with everything, but I understand it. Um, and I think the he made an argument saying, "With this is like, how is it that you know, you know, there's you know, and New, Newcastle played a good game. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take anything away from them. Uh, um, Newcastle at home at St James Park." Is a hard place to play. They haven't been scored. On, they haven't been yeah. scored on since Darwin scored the brace. It's, it's a hard place. Like, a very hostile, loud place to play. Um, and um, Newcastle. All right. So there's 30 cameras on the field, right? And somehow Newcastle got away with the goal, and, <laughs> and all 30 cameras can't check any of these one thing. You know, these three different things. And the argument was like, well, we don't have a camera from above, so we can't check this angle. Or like, it's such a stupid argument, but like, out of well, I said it in our in our group chat with like, I don't know what is it, like twenty of us, yeah. where we have sensors in the ball, we have sensors in the post, and we have cameras for goal line technology. Right. Extend that shit to the corner flags and put a virtual line around the entire field. If the entire ball crosses that line, it's out. Kind of like your goal line technology like I, on the wrist. Exactly, yeah. goal line technology for out of bounds. Yeah. It's really not that fucking hard. So, I mean, if I'm looking at the ball just from the replay, I'm saying it's out. But based upon the rules, it's in, right? You got to think of the ball and, on the corner. It's and a straight line. crazy enough, crazy enough, you also have to think about the fact that there's not enough information there to determine if they made the right or wrong call, and the ball was called in in the first place. So by that rule and that logic right. with the way, that if there's not enough evidence to overturn the it, on-field referee you has to, to go you, with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I just, I, I can't really tell you. I believe Anthony Gordon was onside, 
But whether or not you believe Anthony Gordon was onside, whether or not you believe that ball was in or out, that was a foul. It, so and who was it? Was it Jamie Carrier uh, that was talking about it? Like if he's a defender, he's lunging for the ball, so he's going to go up or he's going to kind of like dolphin out and throw his head up so the ball can go up and over or up and out. I don't know. Gabrielle does these things too. Um, and I'll call, I, I have no problem with calling out my own, my own players. Uh, but Gabrielle does this thing where he likes to play the victim sometimes and he'll do stuff like this too. And like when he knows that like you, you see players do it when they know they don't have, they, they know they don't have an option. So they just take a dive. Right. Or whatever. Like soccer is notorious for it. It, oh, it pisses me off too. Right. Is as great as a player he is. Right. But Gabrielle, he's making it bothers me about Mo. Yeah. Like, yeah, you just Gabrielle is I think you're about to make the point that I make all the time and I'm excited to hear it. <laughs> Gabrielle is is if I'm not if I'm not, then let me know. Gabrielle is he's on the he's on the touchline in front of the goal trying to make a play. Right. And he's already leaning forward. Granted, because he's trying to make the play. However, if you watch the game in full time and don't even look at that, you can clearly see the hands at the back of the of the his back fully locked out and his shoulders are coming back, which implies that he's being pushed forward. He's being pushed. So I don't understand that call whatsoever. And then what the fourth argument is is that the ball gets lost in between Gabrielle and I forgot who's that, Joe Linton. It was Joe yeah. Linton. So that the fourth call technically was a fourth VAR was a handball, but it says inconclusive evidence, right? So I don't yep. remember the, the the actual rule, but if the player, if there's certain players that are behind the line of the goalkeeper, whether or not they're in or out based upon the position of the ball, they're onsides or offsides. That's what the argument was, right? So you want do you want do you want the rule because I can get based it upon the rule I believe he's on sides. So the rule is that the offsides rule actually has nothing to do with the goalkeeper. Okay. The offsides rule it it's all about the the second to last defender behind the goalkeeper. So if you no no so if a goalkeeper comes out of net and there's a defender behind him, right? The defender is acting as the goalkeeper. Okay. So the offside row has to do with the second to last defender. Uh-huh. If the goal in relation, like the goalkeeper is considered the last sure. defender, so they have it written so as the second switched. to last defender. So the basically, yeah. yeah. But if the ball is going backwards, it's onside, no matter what. Right. You 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 can't you can't be offsides on a backwards pass, sure. and that ball moved backwards from Joel Linton to Anthony Gordon. Yes, but you also can't but, score a goal from a deflection from an offside's position. So is that the argument that he was or wasn't offsides when the cross came in in the first place? Because if he if that's the argument, then no, he wasn't. However, you can't so score if Anthony a goal Gordon from a is, position of of advantage. If Anthony Gordon was offside when the cross came in, he had nothing to do with that play. He didn't affect the play right. and whatever. And if he got himself into an onside position, which he did before Joel Linton played the ball, he's back onsides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. I I agree with that. I think the argument yeah. was, is, but all the, the onside offside points moot because that was a fucking foul. Yeah, I, I, I I'm, I'm just <laughs> like I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. 
I'm trying to understand the whole argument against it because because I, I understood the point of you got to listen to it from the point of a defender. If if you're the defender, you're throwing everything you have at that at that um, that ball to clear it out, which I understand. Uh, but if even if you I watched I watched the game in full time and I was like, that's a foul. That's if you're playing on the moon, that's a foul. Like I don't understand. I don't understand the argument against it. again. Like they need to have a reasoning behind some of the conversations that they have on the VAR, or just because they they actually went they they actually. If I remember correctly, they spent most of their time on the offsides call. That's what they spent most of their time on. They didn't spend time on much about the balls, which ball, is ridiculous. Which is yeah, and uh, so and I mean the the and regardless, all three calls were were deemed inconclusive. Like, like you, I understand how the offsides was deemed inconclusive. I understand how the ball in or out was deemed inconclusive. Because there's no position. I don't understand how the foul was deemed inconclusive because that was a fucking foul. And I'm sorry for all the F-bombs yeah. that I'm dropping, but I'll say it again. That was a fucking foul. I, I, I'm trying to understand. And, and so in Jorginho got a little bit of – he got some hate because he was filling in the captain role and – there's some other. There's some other. We were talking about soccer influencers that we watch and podcasts, and there's there's a couple of them I, I watch and some of them I don't. Uh, I'm not gonna say his name, but he knows who he is. Uh, pretty well known English dude, um, and uh, he 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 didn't understand why Jorginho was the captain. Well, he's the easily the most senior person there. Maybe not senior Arsenal player, but a senior player that was on. The field and Georgina, he's got leadership, and, and, yeah, and he's got a Champions League, right? So, and uh, so yeah, 100%, right? But Jorginho got a lot of hate mm-hmm. because he refused to he refused to shake Joe Linton's hand at the end of the game, right? And we talked about this in in our uh, in the group, in our, chat. In our group chat is that you know, me as a captain, me as you know, when I was a captain, when I coach, I don't snub, uh, snubbing is it's, it's no. disrespectful. Um, and mm-hmm. it's, you know, non-sportsmanship or whatever, even if it's a half-ass, you know, handshake or whatever, you know, yep. but, you know, and I don't know if it was your George, George Lin- Joe Linton because of the foul, because it was captain, the captain, by the way, that's, we should preface that it was captain, the captain, not captain to another player. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not for snubbing, but I didn't really like that, but you can understand the frustration from. I was about to say, I get why I get why he did it, but I don't agree with why. I I agree. Or sorry, I get why he did it, but I don't agree with the decision to. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I I want to move on. We we've talked about a bunch about the mistakes that VAR has made and how it could be ruining the game. And I said earlier that PGMOL has made thirteen apologies in four and a half years. It's about to be fourteen after this match. But I want to talk Chelsea Spurs and more about not mistakes that VAR has made, but more just about how it's ruining the flow of the game. We're like 30 plus minutes into this pod. I don't think we're going to be going for too much longer, but this Chelsea Spurs match, first of all, we said it in our recent episode that dropped uh, yesterday, but this match was an abomination. There were so many just 
Nicholas Jackson underperformed his XG and scored a hat trick. So many things, but I just want to focus on the fact that there were 12 minutes of added time in the first half and nine minutes of added time in the second half, not because of injuries, but because of VAR. Yeah, that just ruins the game. You know, if you, you know, substitutions naturally, you know, cards, player disputes, all that kind of stuff. That's the natural injuries. Injuries. That's that's what usually always, you know, uh, (laughs) you can make the argument it took, it took, you know, two Spurs took, uh, you know, uh, Spurs had two red cards, so they had to get their players off the field, obviously, and make it whatever tactical changes they did. But I mean, that's a lot of time. What was it? You said you said twelve in the first, and yep, they played. Was it twenty four extra um, minutes instead of ninety? Uh, twenty one. Twenty one. A lot. They played one hundred and eleven minutes in this match. That's stupid. What one hundred and eleven? Yep. Hmm. I don't know if that's highest towards some of the ones that we've had this year. I think there's a one. I think there's a one, one hundred seven or a one ten. I mean, if I remember, it, but regardless, it, yeah, it's absurd. Like I almost would rather. I'm like, this is going to contradict everything that I said when we were talking about the Luis Diaz, sure. whatever. Sure. But I would almost rather you get the damn call wrong than take twenty five fucking minutes to get the call right. Interesting. Like, not really, because I want the call to be right. Yeah. But not everything, like, it completely disrupts the flow of the game. It changes the way the players are playing. Footy is a sport of rhythm. Yeah. Like, I, I can, the closest thing I can equate to footy, and I can't say hockey because I never played hockey, but it's like being a baseball pitcher. Mm-hmm. When you're on the mound, you're in a groove, yep. and it's all about your rhythm. And if your catcher is not getting the ball back to you with, right. like at the right moment yep. in the right time, it slows you down, and it changes the way you perform. Yep. All of these VAR reviews are taking the flow out of these players, and it's like they have to restart every couple minutes, and it's absurd. Do you think on the uh, on just to, just to stir the pot, right, uh, just for the sake of argument, because we're having a conversation here, do you think on the other side of the coin that's helping other teams? You're like, oh, thank God we got a VAR check. We got to organize some shit. Absolutely. I mean, you see, you see players taking advantage of the uh, of the head injury rule now, right? The concussion rule. Mm-hmm. You see players taking advantage of that yep. immediately. Um, and they're already looking to change that rule. So, like, I mean, why wouldn't you? I guess. I mean. I mean, it's it's pretty sleazy, but I, when it comes to you know the game and game. I am a but. firm believer. I'm a firm believer that during all of these reviews, during all of this whatever, that I don't think players should be able to go talk to the manager. Mm-hmm. I don't think the captain should be able to go talk to the manager. I don't think any instructions or whatever should be given. The only advantage it should give is rest. Hmm. So team trainers. Is that it? Just the team trainer, you know, the water boy. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, water boy, team trainer. <laughs> the guy with Holy the, shit. the guy with the magic spray. Completely unrelated. Um, a kid who went to high school like twenty minutes from me just won the Golden Glove in the American League as a rookie. Talking about for the Texas Rangers. 
Volpe. Nah, Anthony Volpe. Hmm. Yeah. Yankees. Uh, but we'll get off baseball. <laughs> I just I felt the need to say that because I talked about pitching. But I I just like in a sport that is so much about flow and so much about fluidity and like we call it the beautiful game for a reason. It's slowly going it's away because from that. Like, let's be real. It really it's is. slowly going away from that. It's still, it's still my favorite sport in the world. I love to watch it more than anything. I don't know if it's my favorite sport to play, but that's just, I was a diver and there's no better feeling than flipping and twisting through the air. So <laughs> I'm biased on that. Reflect. But <laughs> yeah. look, I am a six foot one, 250 pound man. Anytime I get to tell people I was a diver, it's funny as hell. Send it. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but I, I feel like it's being taken away from us. Mm. So with that said, why is it that, because this was kind of mentioned the other day too, right? So... Spain, Germany, France, Italy don't seem to have much problems with this. But yet the EPL, arguably the best league in the world, you know, can't get it right. Every weekend there's something going on. So So I think to a degree, um our official well, I'm saying our officials like I'm English. I'm sitting in New Jersey in the United States. But the officials in the Premier League are not very good. And it doesn't help that the VAR officials aren't specialty VAR officials. They're just Premier League officials who happen to be on VAR duty that day. Mm. Like, there well, should be dedicated yeah. replay review people yep. for VAR. I agree. Like, you don't you don't see the people in for the NHL in Toronto also being the referees who are skating on the ice. You don't see the NFL call center in New York where they do all the challenge reviews go out the following Sunday and throw the flags ah, on the field. That's a good point. Like the people yep. who are the people who are doing the video review need to be specialized in video review and they need to be Rules experts to a point that is further than referee knowledge. Rule Mm. experts like the Gene Steratores that we see like when we're watching NFL on Sunday. Like those types of people. I know I know he was a former ref. Like you want to know who should be who I would love to be the VAR official in every single match. Mm. Mark Clattenburg. I I, I like Clattenburg for the most part. Yeah. The way he. Well. The way he, because at the end of the day, a lot of things are going to be subjective, but the way he comes in and explains rules, the way that Sterator does it, or whatever the guy on Fox or ESPN who does it for football, is brilliant. And we need people like that on VAR, not like the Anthony Taylors of the world who just aren't refing a game that day. Yeah, you know, you know who's good too? Um, uh, there's a few of really good ones. Um, so I, I don't know. You familiar with Felix Brecht from Germany? So yep. he, yeah, he's really really good. And then who, the old guy, the old ball dude, he just retired. Um, I know exactly uh, who you're talking about. Polina. He's 
He's great. Yeah. He's great. Yeah, he was he was notorious for going after players. Um, I don't know if you remember that, but he would go after players yep. and tell them exactly why they messed up, and uh, which I love in a ref. Uh, I love refs to be yep. aggressive like that. It puts players in their place. Yep. Um, that would be that would be great. I think the EPL. I said this a couple of years back. I said I said the EPL is starting to grow soft, um, and uh, the this last year, I think it maybe was last year. Uh, they started to let a lot of the easier stuff go. So you see some challenges where prior years that you can definitely see that, yeah, they would have called that. But now they're like, oh, okay. And they let and they let the they let the flow of the game just, you know, go for itself. But and then you watch that game the other night and you're like, Good God. Like, like what do you do? Like as a player you grow frustrated. As a manager, you're you're just irritated as hell. You know? So like like I mean, as an Arsenal fan, right? I don't care about either one of these teams, obviously, because I'm an Arsenal fan. Uh, but no, you care about them. You just can't stand them. I, I care for the game. Um, well, right? I was just more going to say you care. You care about Spurs and Chelsea's failures, not their success. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but caring it, doesn't have to be good, <laughs> right? But like, if you're if you're if if you're if you're Spurs, you would think that you're. I mean the the red cards are pretty pretty non-negotiable. You know, both of them. Oh my god. So, so the only negotiable <laughs> thing is people maybe say that the Romero thing should have been a yellow, mm-hmm. but he should have gotten a yellow like 10 minutes before anyway, mm-hmm. so it should have been his second right, yellow. Right. So the red's the red. And Destiny Adogi's first foul absolute yellow yeah. and when he slid in on sterling on the second one he caught his leg and laid down and he knew yeah yeah knew. i saw it yeah um that's yeah yeah i mean uh, uh yeah i think i think chelsea are starting to grow into their team uh for sure yep um i think that uh spurs are a team that you know think that you have to watch out for uh, now and for some reason we talked about this in the pre-show is that for some reason it seems like they're playing better without Kane, but you know they're just it's just yeah, seemingly I, playing better with Postacoglu. Yeah, I was gonna say before we get out of here, this is the last thing I'll really say. I've been thinking about it all season, and I don't necessarily think Spurs are better off without Harry Kane. I think they're better off with Ange Postacoglu. And if you put Harry Kane back on this Ange Postacoglu side, I think they're not only close to unbeaten because now they've lost to Chelsea. I think they're undefeated and no draws. Like, I think they would have won every match they've played so far because Ange Ball is gorgeous, and I'm excited to see where it turns. Um, but VAR sucks. I think it's ruining the game. I do think it's a necessary technology, but I don't think the Premier League is using it right. PGMOL has made 13 apologies, soon to be 14, and it ruins the flow of the game. Straight up. Yeah, I think they should. Yeah. I think they should. The technology is good, but they, again, I think they're using it for the wrong thing, and they need to clarify the rule of of clear and obvious error. Um, yep. And because it, they need to, they need to clear that up because every weekend that's oh, it's not clear and obvious. Well, no, there's no definition of what clear and obvious is because you know, based upon perspective or all that kind of stuff. So. They need to figure that out. I, I agree 100% that they need to have some sort of touchline technology, um, all sorts yep. of stuff like that. 
you do it on the goal line, why can't you do it on the baseline? It's just that's that's what I'm saying. That's contradictory. So, um, (laughs) it's yeah, it's counterproductive. So, uh, and we talked and we talked about this in the pre-show a little bit too. Is like if if you can have pylon technology and you know football games, why can't you have yeah cone line (laughs) or corner flag technology? Uh, on the corner flag, you know, you just bury just put it. Put a damn wireless camera on that bitch. Well, you know, you know, like you know the um, the camera on uh, on the home plate. You get, uh, on baseball, there's a new home plate camera. Do the exact same thing. So, but yeah, uh, thanks for having me, my friends. Good to talk to you. Um, I gotta get up in uh, about five and a half hours to go to the gym, so that's gonna be fun. Yeah, me too. Thanks for listening, everyone.